The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to the Bombshell Business Podcast, where driven fempreneurs learn how to become more bold, brave, and unwaveringly confident. Turn your dreams into actionable, marketable, and profitable plans and make your business irresistible. What is up, Bombshells? Welcome back to Bombshell Business Podcast. So glad that you're here hanging out with me. I hope that you are having a fabulous day and feeling very productive and empowered today. Um, Speaking of empowered, I often find that the people whom I work with – have a lot of confusion around uh, around who they are, about who they want to become, um, their their brand, their personal brand, their business brand. They get really stuck when I ask them, "Well, what makes you different? What makes you unique?" Or I have um, entrepreneurs who who want to become independent, but they're not really sure what it is that they should do. And I always, always, always say the same exact thing, and that is follow your breadcrumbs. So if you think about it, for those of you who like the outdoors, like to go hiking or whatever, you know, the old adage that you're supposed to leave breadcrumbs behind so you can always find your way back. And life has a way of doing that. If, if you look back on your history, if you look back on your life, you'll see that you've left breadcrumbs for you so that as an adult, you can reflect and say, oh, okay, here's the commonality in all of these different circumstances. And like an exercise, I mean, if you hated running as a kid, I'm just going to guess that maybe you're going to hate running for exercise. But if you love swimming as a kid, then swimming might be something that you should do in order to stay in the habit of exercise. We can always just look back and know what we can do today because we have a history of it yesterday. So I want you to take a walk down memory lane. Um, I want you to consider the decisions you've made over your lifetime and um, hopefully all of that along your journey allows you to find your way back home today. So um, just for kicks and giggles, we are going to follow my breadcrumbs. Um, and I've <laughs> I remember having lunch with a friend and he was trying to figure out what he wanted to do next in his career. And he said, you're just like the Madonna of business. How do you keep reinventing yourself? And I said, well, I don't. I've done the same thing over and over and over again. I do communication and engagement. That's my jam. And and because I know that so well, it doesn't matter how that looks in my business or in my career, because the same principles apply, the same skill sets, and I can thrive in that because I just inherently know how to do it. So um, grab a mimosa if it's morning or a cup of coffee or a glass of wine if you're chillaxing and, and listening to this working on your business, your your dream job at night. And um, let me take you down my memory lane. So 
um, super, super young. I had to have been like four. Um, and, and I literally just wrote down these experiences to share with you because, um, I, I had to start somewhere, right? And this isn't necessarily something I've done in a long while. But the first thing that came to mind was being a part of a program. It was like generic Girl Scouts, or maybe it was like Christian Church Girl Scouts. I don't know. But it was called Pioneer Girls. Um, it was very cliquish. Um, they did stupid things that I couldn't care less about. Like, um, I remember one night they did, um, like, they painted everybody's toenails and then hit everybody behind a shower curtain. And then we voted on whose toenails were the best. And while I'm all about a pedicure now at four years old, I was a rough and tumble little girl and um, such a tomboy. And I really just wanted to be in the boy Scouts anyways. So that was not my jam. And I think what I really disliked about it was not only were our meetings boring, they were not engaging, they weren't interesting to me, but it was cliquish. And so there was no, um, there was no feeling of belonging in there. And, and I'm a belonging kind of girl, so I don't have a hard time making friends. Uh, just even early at that age, I was like, yeah, I don't want to be like you all. You're not my tribe. So just kind of keep that in the back of your mind, the, the whys behind why I didn't like that. Now, in junior high, um, I went to a private school. Um, shout out to all my SEC friends. And the high school had an official yearbook, but the junior high did not. So my girlfriends and I, my, my three best girlfriends and I decided that we were going to create a yearbook and we were going to conduct a superlatives process. And um, we collected photos and we surveyed classmates and came up with funny things and made photocopies out of like bot magazine and stuff of what was popular in that year. And if I can find this in my memory box, I'm so going to put some of this stuff um, in the show notes because you will die. But anyway, so my friends and I just so badly wanted to communicate and engage, right? We wanted to share what our eighth grade year was like. We wanted to make everybody feel a part of that eighth grade class. And so we decided to literally photocopy a yearbook is, is what we did. We decided if we, if we did all the work, we get the administration to convince us that we can make photocopies on the school photocopier. And they did. So we rocked, um, and we rocked that out and, and it was a ball and I still have it. And it's a great memory. Um, our sophomore year, um, I was at Lebanon high school and I just wanted to do something to bring our class together. I knew that we had a lot of cool people in our class and lots of different cliques, if you will, but those cliques kind of intermingled, unlike some of the other classes, because, um, they, I don't know, there's just more, um, division between them. And I, and I just liked how I saw that our class really got along well. So I convinced our principal that we should have a sophomore lock-in. And then I went and convinced my church that they should allow Lebanon high school to, um, have a lock-in at the church and in our, in our, um, our church basketball gym. And then I convinced the youth group leader that he should allow us to use the sound system that he rented for something else. I don't remember what we were doing so that we could have a big, like, you know, dance sounding club level type experience. And somehow all of our friends, like people that we hung out with or we didn't hang out with, like the huge, huge turnout. And all of those parents thought it was a good idea to let their 14 and 15 year old, some 16 year old um, 
kids just hang out in a church gym all night long. And somewhere we convinced some parents to be chaperones. Um, so again, this took a lot of communication and engagement, not only to convince the administration and my church and all that kind of stuff and work with um, that my fellow um, sophomore, what were we? I don't know, student council. I don't even remember. But anyways, we all had to work together and then we had to promote it. And then we had to make the experience worth talking about. And at our 10 year reunion, people were still talking about that experience and how fun that was and really how that sent us on a trajectory of being a close class, not only through the rest of high school, but to come back and have an an experience like that, that we can still giggle about and talk about at our 10 year reunion. So again, Communication and engagement. Um, in high school, again, I went to student council camp. I was the only person from my entire uh, school who decided to go. So I was representing Lebanon High School at the state student council camp. And I made a lot of friends there, um, had a ton of fun. And then one night, I think I found a boombox somewhere and we snuck into um maybe some like the dorm lobby. I don't really remember and spread the word that we were going to have a dance party. Um, if anybody knows me, they know I love a party and we weren't doing anything wrong. We weren't doing anything bad. They did shut us down, but then I got permission to do it like in the cafeteria or something. And we had a great party night and it was fun. So again, it's about bringing people together. That is what I love to do. And I risked getting in trouble for that. Okay. Um, Then in my, I was like 18 or 19 and I was second assistant manager at the fashion bug. Yeah. Super important. That's like basically third key. Like it's really nothing important at all. That means that I still got paid hourly and I think I had keys to the register and I had keys to the front door. And that's about as awesome as my responsibilities got. But anyways, um, we had Hibbit Sports move in right next to us. And so, of course, I gathered up funds from all of the fashion bug girls and we got them a welcome to the shopping center present. And we went over there and we messed with them and, you know, said welcome. And if you need anything and here's how we handle our shoplifters and basically just kind of did a welcome to the neighborhood kind of thing. And we developed such a close friendship with those people that we hung out with them and they actually um, brought me like a red fleece that um, as a thank you for just ensuring that they were part of a community. So again, communication and engagement. I want you to feel a part of something. I'm going to create an experience that makes you feel like you are part of something bigger and that you belong and that you have friends and you have a tribe and we're going to have fun. I could go on and on um, over my career, um, <laughs> even the bad stuff. This is what my notes say. Even bad stuff led the way and made it okay, paved the road to destruction. So even in my party girl days, you know, um, there people who probably would not have um, had such a good time. Amber was doing it. So it was okay. And I'm, you know, I just made it an experience. So um, it could be good, could be bad. But again, right or wrong, it was the same leading people towards just having a good time and engagement and whatnot. Um, Sports Village was one of my first jobs. And I was 21 years old. And 
um, I immediately found out that the way to do things was in group settings. So um, I was marketing director there. Um, I did a lot of programming. I did a lot of things that would bring people in because if they're working out with their friends, then they're going to come. And if they feel a part of something, then they're going to come, even though they're going to be sweating and miserable because they maybe are new to exercise or whatever. Um, eventually I decided I needed to go back to college and get my public relations degree. So I actually learned how to do this for like for reallys. Um, I moved on to become a development officer for a local private university and immediately saw, okay, they've been around since forever, like way, way, way long ago. I mean, um, Cordell Hole um, was a graduate of the university, but then they went through some transition where they went down to a two-year college. And so a lot of those people who are um, living and have the capacity to give back to that university don't think of that university as their alma mater because they just went there for two years and then they went on to a four-year college. So they're much more loyal to like an SEC school or something like that. So I immediately saw the opportunity to engage community members and, and give them a reason to care about the university. So I created the um, uh, Women's Council for Leadership and Philanthropy and I partnered um, female leaders in the community. And I'm talking like very um, – very notable women, not only in this, in this, um, in the, the exact area, but more regional. And I, and I paired them with female students for a mentor mentee relationship. Of course, we didn't just let them have at it. We gave them some protocols and some suggestions. And then we had, um, quarterly events. So we had a huge event that brought in lots of women called Hats Off to Women. It was an annual big, big deal, kind of just a, a real um, recognizing uh, the power of women and the power of women in business. And then we did smaller things like just little networking things or a Christmas party or whatever, but still bringing these powerful women and then these students who are aspiring to become powerful women together. And guess what? Those women decided that we needed to raise money for scholarships. So now we have all these influential women trying to raise funds for a university they didn't even go to. And I didn't do that because I was maniacal. I did that because that is just how I'm wired. So again, communication and engagement. I have to communicate with a particular audience in order to get them engaged with what it is that I'm trying to do. Planet Nashville. Oh my gosh, my celebrity event planning company. I mean, that was a total fluke. That's an episode in and of itself of how I went from just trying to create parties for local women who might want to have a little help to suddenly planning events for international celebrities. But again, the entire thing was because we could communicate the meaning of the event. Every event had a purpose and we were able to engage the key stakeholders who were coming to that event. So it was never just about, Oh, Hey, let's throw a party. It was always intentional with an end result that we were aspiring for. And so then we would reverse engineer and how we were going to create that experience in order to get that that net gain, that that return on the, the event investment. Um, I feel like I should really just kind of go through these because maybe you're sitting there like, really? I'm so bored. But I'm hoping that in sharing my story that you will think back on your story. So a couple more examples. 
um, I worked for the uh, Terry College of Business at the University of Georgia, and the young alumni were hungry. They wanted to to be as um, involved in their alma mater as the um, older alum. And now this is a college um, at an SEC university, one of the top B schools, one of the top public B schools. And you're talking about some serious hard hitters. I mean, you have the Coca-Colas, the Chick-fil-A's, you have um, the Deloitte's, um, KPMG. I mean, lots of, of big hitters in the business world. And then you have these younger alumni that, that wanted to have have a part to play. So um, I pulled together different groups of young alums and they were so excited about basically doing my job, which was raising money. And they were so excited that they were successful in doing what they did, that they sent me flowers to my house. I repeat, they were volunteers helping me to raise money, which was my job and they sent me flowers. So that's kind of one of those wow moments where you sit back and you go, okay, what was it that that spurred that response? And it goes back to communication and engagement. I always kept them in the loop. I gave them all the tools and resources that they need. I encouraged them. I thanked them. And I gave them something that was bigger than them that they can be a part of that they were hungry for, like they wanted it. So I met their need with an opportunity and heard that. And so that's very, very powerful. And I'm telling you, you have to do that with your customers, whether that's your gift or not. Um, you need to make sure of that. And then moving on to um, Gaylord Hotels. Of course, my entire gig was communication um, and events. And it was my job to oversee the department that was employee happiness. And we did everything from um, newsletters to um, video spoofs to back of the house television announcements to um, large scale events like um, literally planning entire um, uh, one hour shows for for our employees to come in and learn what was going on in the business or reinforce cultural basics or whatever that was, but we had to do it in a fun and entertaining way. And so that was my entire job. So now I just teach other people how to do that. That's, that's what I do. I teach you how to communicate and engage with your audience. And when I go into corporate, I teach them how to communicate and engage their employees. And it all comes back to those three things that I teach ad nauseum. And that is you have to know yourself. You have to understand what makes you tick. You have to understand what makes you unique and what your gifts are and what you can do for people and what type of people are attracted to you. You have to be able to tell your story and be able to articulate that. Communicate, 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 whether that is through your marketing, whether through that is your your web copy, whether that is um, networking and, and having the opportunity to quickly share your story in a way that's not salesy and that lets you connect with other people in an engaging way. And then I teach people how to deliver on their brand promises by just putting those right processes together. But if I'm not communicating and engaging in a powerful way and not using my highest gifts, then nobody's going to want to listen to me about the boring, put this process in place in your business and, and you'll be much better. Now, I know that without the processes, you can't do the rest of the stuff. You're not going to be able to successfully market and network and you're not going to be able to um, get great word of mouth marketing because people are going to give up on you because you don't have your poop in a group. So knowing these things about myself, when it came time for me to leave corporate and decide that I was going to launch my own business, I can look back all the way back to four years old and say, you know, there, there's two things that I love to do. I love to make people feel a part of something bigger 
And I love to teach people how to communicate in a way where that is a possibility and is something that they can be great at. Um, so now I'm a coach and a speaker and a teacher and, and I develop programs in order to help people do that. So my question to you now is go back to four years old, go back to who you were in your family. Who were you in your friends groups? What did you do when you were in school? What was the common thread in all of your jobs, even if it wasn't the core part of your job. If you were amazing at um, bringing people together for um, volunteer work, that might be something that you need to pay attention to. Maybe you need to work in a nonprofit setting. Um, maybe you were like the super organizer. Maybe you're the person that every time you went to your friend's house, you could not stand to look at her closet. And so you tore it apart and put it all back together. Maybe you're the person where everybody goes to and says, hey, what should I wear? These are the things that you need to think about. I mean, my daughter, holy wow, she is a revolving door of her friends coming and borrowing her clothes. So obviously she needs to consider that because that's how it's always been. She's just always had an eye for fashion. She is, when my daughter's out of town and I've got to dress up for something, I freak out because I'm like, oh my gosh, Brittany's not here. So then we have to like Skype or send her a picture or whatever. And so that's something that as she's considering her next steps in her career, that maybe fashion is going to be a very big, very big part of that. So I'm going to give you a worksheet. It'll be in this episode's show notes. So you definitely want to go to amberhurdle.com forward slash episode 01. I think, yes, 01. And if that's not correct, because I'm not doing all of these in order, just go to amberhurdle.com and um, look for the Follow the Breadcrumbs podcast um, episode. Anyways, I'm going to give you a worksheet so that you can work through this and then find those commonalities, find the common threads that will help you decide who are you, what are what is your highest value, who do you want to become, what do you want to be known for, what can you do day in and day out and feel utter joy because you're operating in your greatest gift, and then you get to make money at it. Like you actually get to say, hey, here's my awesome gift that I was designed to do in this life that I've done successfully my entire life. And I'm going to share that with you. And in exchange, you're going to tell me thank you and give me money. And then you can feel good about that exchange because you're you're not second guessing yourself or you're not feeling like a fraud and you're not feeling like you're operating in a, in a way that's really frustrating. Um, I can give example after example of the women that I coach, but because that is such a private relationship, I often have to find uh, myself giving my own examples. Um, I'm hoping that someone that I know um, who's really worked through this process recently, once she gets up and and going in a new direction, I'm going to ask her to come on uh, the podcast and, and share her story with you because it's just powerful. It's powerful to finally have that aha moment where you realize, man, this is what I should be doing. So my challenge to you, bombshells, is follow those breadcrumbs. Let me know what you come up with. Um, let me know in the comments, a uh, shout out on social media. And um, I would be hugely, hugely grateful if you would um, subscribe to this podcast and give me a, a review and rate it. Um, 
that just helps me become more visible. It helps me help more fempreneurs become bold, brave, and unwaveringly confident, which we know is the definition of a bombshell business owner. So um, share this. If you know another bombshell or someone who should be seeing themselves as a bombshell, send this to them. Let them listen to it. Let everybody who you think can just really next level their business become a part of the bombshell tribe. And I will see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Bombshell Business Podcast. Visit AmberHurdle.com for more resources and be sure to tune in again. Cheers to you, Bombshell.